All right, welcome back uh, to the PPC podcast. Alfredo, this is episode 18. Wow, we wow. are making progress, right? Right, right, yeah, 18, that's 18 weeks. Every week uh, we've, had a, we've had a podcast, so that's, uh, that's something, right? It's really good. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about um, the sermon on Sunday, which was uh, titled A Very Generous Beginning. And um, you're taking us back to the very beginning, right? Genesis 1. And I felt very encouraged after this message. I think it was a very encouraging message. Um, tell us a little bit, give us a quick little synopsis about what it was on Sunday and why I might be so encouraged. So we are talking about a new sermon series based on my research on behalf of the uh, doctoral degree that I'm pursuing. And so Pastor Tobin and I put together, uh, basically, uh, on behalf of my uh, my dissertation uh, process, a uh, sermon series called Plenty to Share. So I actually was using the number two with my hand right. uh, on Sunday to point to the fact that we we're going to be talking about abundance, uh, gratitude, and generosity. So on Sunday, what I did was basically take us, I took us back to what I call the foundation, which is the theology of creation, where you start in a place where God is creating everything, right? And so part of what it is, is that the whole foundation is based on God's uh, saying, of, you know, God's, God is saying, Everything, every time that he's finished with one day of creation, he says it is is good, uh, which I mentioned by the word tov tov mm-hmm. in Hebrew, which is more than uh, good. Our word good is is beautiful. Is 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 supposed to be working in the way it was designed to work. So so I emphasize uh, the fact that we are not in a bad world. We are in a very good world uh, made by God. And for our own sake, yeah, you know, I uh, I remember uh, feeling uh, a lot of good things. Uh, you were this message was very encouraging. Um, I think sometimes we are kind of unsure of our place uh, in God's view in light of the fall, in light of sin, and it's very easy us to see this see the separation of the garden and all that was good, and then. Here comes the fall and then kind of just continues to be discouraged and, and, and difficult for us to find um, that maybe we're still good in, in the eyes of the Father. Uh, this morning with the interns, we we're talking about uh, Jesus as a peacemaker. And I was walking them through God's uh, design and God's desire for peace and good in the world. And we uh, we kind of made this little chronology of the Old Testament and uh, continued to reflect and, and point out that all along, uh, God is desiring peace and restoration, even among even amongst the the battles that the Israelites had to face, even within the context of the fall and sin, um, even amongst the 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 difficult times that the Israelites kind of walked away from God. His true desire uh, was was restoration and peace all along, and I think that for, sometimes it's hard for us to either pull that out of Scripture. Or it's hard for us to continue to to relate that identity that God uh, sees us as good, uh, desires a relationship, desires restoration. Uh, why do you think that it's sometimes difficult for us to find that, whether within Scripture or within our own thoughts about God? I guess we have been raised, so to speak, in a mentality of the fight between the evil and good, 
all the time. So mm -hmm. we, our lenses are always filtering everything that we see and that we interact with. Is it, is it possibly be good or bad? So that's the narrative that is basically running our lives. But I think if you go back to scripture, it's more than evil and good. It's about a good God actually trying, not giving up on his creation, not giving up on, on his on humanity, always finding new ways to reach back uh, to the point that the uh, one of the, the Bible uh, writers, the, the writer of Hebrew, Hebrews, he says that God has been sending, you know, messengers and messages and, and many ways to reach out until he sent his son, his, not his last, but his best, I would say, mm -hmm. um, which is Jesus, his son, to tell us about how this is supposed to be. And if you notice the message of Jesus, he was more concerned with goodness than with evil. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you if you go back to the gospel, he's healing people, he's restoring people, he's bringing new opportunity for people to have a new life, to the point. And we talked about this before, that he takes a little child, and and sat him on his on his lap, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, he blessed them. And if you go back to that narrative, you will know that that little child was basically dismissed. Hmm. And, and and he was put down, uh, but Jesus is saying, you know what, without even saying, what would you say this is, this child is bad, without even saying that he just blessed it. What does it mean? Go back to creation, right? Creation, when God finished something, he blessed it, right? right. So I'm, I'm saying the same. So Jesus' um, uh, subject and, and, and conversation was all about how good God was yeah. and is. Yeah. I think that that I one of the things I talked about this morning was how um, um, maybe a different expectation that the Israelites had that when Jesus came, uh, the the love and the, and the peace and the restoration that he was talking about, uh, they were kind of taken by surprise. Maybe they were expecting um, liberation, physical liberation from the things that they were dealing with, and and Jesus is kind of beyond that. Uh, the things that he's doing is uh, so much deeper and bigger, um, always pointing to uh, the kingdom of God that that we can all have and all participate in. And that not only that, we are the ones who who go and spread this love and joy and this goodness, you know, and it's, it's what a, what a deep, meaningful gift of God to send Jesus to not just come and love us, but allow us to participate in the spreading of that goodness, you know, and I think it was really, um, you know, kind of hit people kind of, they were unaware that, um, they were in a place maybe that we are sometimes where we're expecting this kind of black and white, good and evil. Um, that we are going to receive from God what it is that, uh, take away our, our hurts and our pains and, and, uh, and relieve us of whatever it is that we feel that is, is afflicting us. Um, but instead, you know, Christ came with, um, servant's heart and selflessness, but also um, really inspires, wants to inspire us to be the conveyors and the carriers of this good news to other people. And, and I think what's more joyful than that, not only, you know, maybe, maybe being able to come up from out of your sin, but also being able to do that for others, I think is, is a huge indicator of, of how good uh, God wants it for us, allowing us to participate in that. 
So I see how redemption, you're talking about salvation and redemption. If you notice, for instance, what happened to the Israelites when they came out of Egypt, they were not uh, delivered from evil for them to be safe only, Mm -hmm. but they were delivered from evil for them to become a community, an alternative community, a nation, obviously. So they were supposed to be teaching other nations how to have a better life. Mm. And how how will they will go about it or, uh, by practicing a different kind of a uh, narrative mm-hmm. uh, narrative so the narrative of pharaoh right was a narrative of, of uh, exploitation uh, domini- dom- dom- uh, dom- you know, dominating other people's lives um, using other people always having the best for him and his people for but the, the worst for others even when they were giving him their best mm-hmm. to for him to build his empire right now so the but the Israelites were called to do the other way around, to, to be a different community, a, a community that will signal to a better life. Well, they were given the promised land not just for them to be safe. They were given the, the, the promised life for them to be a model for other communities and other nations to build a different kind of world. Mm. And, and I think we forget, uh, and probably in the United States you can become that too you know this country is in many ways very safe and very good right that we become so um into it you know we are we become part of the, the that community that we forget that maybe perhaps we are in a country like this not just to be comfortable and safe but also to share the goodness all over the place mm. everywhere that mm. we can go so what do you say about that yeah absolutely i, I think that that's that's a common a common narrative that um, I've um, encountered, even in my own heart, and and fear of uh, being unsafe, but also especially uh, over the years dealing with students and 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 families and uh, seeing a uh, a light into kind of the um, personal empires we build and the, and the things that we try to control that uh, there's been times where students have, have one wanted to serve in specific places or do certain things, or maybe even go, um, to another countries. And, you know, the parents are saying, no, it's, you know, for God, you know, for on a mission trip or something like that. And the parents are like, you know, no, it's not, it's not safe or I don't feel comfortable, you know, kind of therefore kind of reinforcing this, value that safety is priority and, and safety is number one. And, and even if God, if you feel God calling you to do something, it, um, that is a good, uh, uh, feeling to have. And that is a good sentiment, but to be practical and to be smart and to make the right choice, you just need to avoid any opportunity for, um, for danger or not safety to your physical self. And so it's, you're, you're better off, uh, a better individual by avoiding those at all costs and continuing to do the right quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, the smart thing. Uh, and that would be to avoid any potential uh, negative outcomes. Yeah. Remember that I used, uh, three words on Sunday, pretty common words, right? Which is flight, fight and thrive. Mm -hmm. And so, and I said on Sunday, and I say that at, at a staff meeting, that you know ancestors are right here today. Well, no, our ancestors, but we are here today because our ancestors, they either or were aware of, you know, they have to flight, they have to, you know, go somewhere else to escape danger, or to fight back, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay, right? And, and and I'm grateful that we have those abilities, right? But but also, um, I mentioned that 
we be, on behalf of being safe, which is either or flight of a fight, we forget to be flourishing mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know to to thrive. And how do you do that? Well, you do that when you understand that you have a greater purpose other than remain remaining safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's. That's a problem that we may, many of us have. Do we, like you said, we want to have a safe life, you know, probably a comfortable life. That's not a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of everybody would like to have that. Uh, but can we share that? And I think Genesis 1 takes us back to a God who says, hey, everything here is going to be abundantly available for everybody, it's not for some people, you know, some some people who has the privilege, but for anybody. And I mentioned the ability of all the species and even the plants to reproduce itself and, and to and to kind of continue to uh, do, uh, to provide, uh, you know, the 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 fruits and and multiply itself to the point that they will be available available always. But how do we think about our own safety? We think we need to protect what we have. Uh, whether because we might lose it, hmm. right? That's flight or fight. Right. But how about thrive? When you're thriving, you are really sharing what you already have. Mm-hmm. You can't thrive if you don't share. Basically, you need to share. And so, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's funny that you you, you talk about um, the difference between surviving and thriving, and and I think that you know, we we kind of have that a little bit flipped according to what you're saying. You know, um, if if uh, uh, remaining safe and collecting assets and um, uh, avoiding danger, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times we would say that's thriving. You surviving would be um, on the verge of uh, not having all of these assets and not having things. But I think, you know, in the kingdom of God, you know, thriving is one of the ways I like to put it. It's like uh, saying yes to God and saying yes to opportunities. You know, you talk about thriving and maybe putting yourself in situations that would appear n- not as safe as, you know, staying home or, or whatever. You know, it's not like this, always this active thing, like there's this international dangerous conflict. I'm going to go be a part of that. Sometimes it's just saying yes to God opportunities and and opportunities that don't necessarily match uh, the plan for your day. Uh, maybe don't they don't match the plan for your summer. Uh, maybe they don't match the plan for your future. And, you know, if you have a heart that's sensitive to thriving in God's kingdom, I think you'll find yourself saying yes to things that you don't necessarily feel comfortable doing or that make you uh, anxious, but in turn uh, provide that opportunity to really thrive. Uh, Gary, I really like the word that you're using, the, the, the word yes, right? Because it's a, it's a word of possibility, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Paul says that we are, so in Christ, we are saying yes to God's promises, so we are a just people, not in the sense that we say yes to everything, but you, we are a just people in the sense that we are able to produce and to create possibilities for those people that might not have those opportunities, those possibilities. So in a way, we are co-creators mm-hmm. of a good of a good world, and I, I and I think if we can think about that. And we can think of ourselves in, on those terms that we are co-creating with God, an abundance and, and generosity uh, that is not there for some people, right? Mm. And, and so Genesis says that that God created everything, right? And then the the last part of the chapter one says that God saw everything He has created, 
and he thought it was very good. And then what? Then so so then what? The next things that continue to happen is the God. Now there is a second chapter, Genesis chapter two, when God talks about you know the man being alone, even though he was busy with many things, he was alone. And what did he do? The Lord he created somebody who will empower him to be a better man. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so right, and so he created a woman. Yeah. Now now that woman is. Now the only the only function of a woman is to make a man a better man, but is that without her he was incomplete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess what we need to see ourselves like those people who come alongside other people that will provide what they need, not in the sense of here this is here is the money that you need or here is the shoes that you need. It's more than that that we empower them to be better humans. Mm. And, and I think we have that that power within us to make other people better and to allow them to make us better people. And so do you feel do you feel better when you're doing things by yourself or you feel even better when you have the support of other people? Yeah, and and the support and someone to share the feelings with and the emotion and the experience with, to, you know, to share that with someone so it's not just you're not just only experiencing it by yourself. I think that I think you benefit from that, just that simple act of doing it, doing life together. So let, let me do something very weird with you right now. Okay. As I look at you and you look at me, both of us together become abundance, right? Okay. Because if we put together our gifts and we put together our experiences and our abilities and all that, we become more than two because, because an, an, an amazing wealth of possibilities. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I think God sees us. You know, every single human being as a one one person will will provide a bigger and better uh, opportunity for other people. Right. So creation is just like that. Everything overflowing. Right. And that's the word that I also use on Sunday when it comes to uh, abundant life. Uh, that is not just a life that a life that can that has doesn't have any limit, but also that can be stopped. Remember that that mm-hmm. I, I mentioned right. that. How do you feel about that when I say that a life that can't be stopped? Yeah, it feels freeing. It feels like um, I'd have to figure that out on my own, and 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 not just work really hard, but depend on my own strength, abilities, talents, and gifts, and um, toil kind of constantly to make sure that my life is going in um, my perception of the correct direction. But uh, ha- accepting the the life the abundant life that god has for me um you know is sacrificially uh giving him the control and, and knowing and believing with faith that the life that he has for you is an abundant life and it may not be um your definition or the culture's definition of abundant but it is the the right uh it is the thriving life um if you faithfully follow god even if you don't understand everything that's going to happen or all the uh plans he has for you just you know that they're good Gary, do you remember that i also talk about uh what i call the foundation of everything on earth which is one of them was that we were approved to exist right right I and that. i really took a, a pause and to be honest with you i thought about that uh, for a long time before even I came to Sunday morning to preach. Because, you know, in the light of other people taking their lives, mm-hmm. you know, and understanding that they are going through a very difficult time in their lives, that they don't find even a, a, a small uh, 
peace of joy, you know, in their lives to keep living. Uh, it made me th- think about, you know, how we don't remember somehow that we are not here by default. Mm-hmm. You know that somehow, and even and I even was kidding about maybe your parents were even in a party before you were created. Remember yes. before you were conceived, yeah. and people were laughing about. It, but it's true, right? And maybe our parents didn't plan us. Maybe they were just being a couple, right? Yeah. And and they didn't plan us. But then, even though in the midst of all of that, you are not a coincidence. So you're here not just to live a life throughout, you know, going through the motions. But there might be something that you will be, you will be able to find if you, if you take the time to not only to um, ask, but also to find support that you need. You know, I have been helped all my life. Part of that has been that I've been, I have been able to ask. Uh, and you, you know that, that I ask, I say, hey, Gary, can you help me figure out this thing? Because sometimes we can't figure out life. Mm-hmm. I, and we need those people helping us, enlightening us, giving us insight. And so I think about people who is right now, maybe as they hear this podcast, uh, thinking about the possibility of ending their life, I, I would like to tell them, look, you are loved you are not a coincidence. I know it might be really hard for you going through this moment right now, but you you are very precious. Even, you know, if you look in, your, in the mirror, you might find something that you never saw before, which is, you know, the spark of life, the spark of hope in your life. So I, I my, my prayer, Gary, is that people can find even as, as a tiny sense of hope that they will be able to keep living and finding resources and support to continue to move from the, the you know, the right to, to be alive, to produce and to thrive yeah. because we can. Yeah, I love that. You know, I mean, I, uh, people need to know that uh, not only does God want them to thrive, um, there's people out there who, who, who want to help and want them to thrive and want them to have uh, this full life. And maybe they don't feel like they're surrounded by those people, but those people, those people are there. And uh, you know, either either you ask for help or or you find them. Um, so that's great. Um, thank you so much for sharing that and um, being that encouragement. Uh, I want to give an example that came up today of of fight, flight, no, fight, flight, and thrive. Um, we were talking about uh, peacemaking again in the interns, and I have this book called The Peacemaker, uh, A Biblical Guide to uh, Conflict Resolution by uh, Ken Sandy. And um, he talks about the very beginning as, as looking uh, at conflict as an opportunity. And okay. you can definitely see uh, flight from conflict would be ignoring it and running away. Fight from con- conflict would be people who are bad arguers, who... Um, every time you get in a conflict, someone runs away crying. Um, and thriving would be this biblical idea of conflict resolution where you enter into it. And what the author says is that this opportunity is um, maybe even you know kind of designed by God, knowing there's conflict. Uh, the way out of this conflict uh, shows an opportunity of God's love uh, and grace. And that you as an individual who uh, is willing to enter into this conflict, whether it's with you or or through somebody else, uh, you become an example um, of of the peace that Christ talked about. Uh, you become a, an example of restoration and forgiveness. And uh, it's if we avoid all of these conflicts, um, we miss the opportunity for ourselves to experience what God's grace is like and what God's peace is like, and and for others to get a glimpse of what 
the kingdom is like and this peace that that Christ talked about. And it's interesting that Christ says that others others will know that you're a Christian by the way uh, that you deal with one another, the way that you love one another. And uh, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about conflict resolution being a good example of fight, flight, or thrive? Yeah, so I like you said, so the author said that conflict could be an opportunity for us to get even a better result in a relationship. I do think uh, in some cases, it will be better for you to fly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, 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 to go out of that potential relationship because maybe you're not ready for the competitive, uh, you know, a relationship that can emerge out of that or, or the competitive, um, you know, inclination that could be in each one of you, of us when we are uh, dealing with somebody that is difficult. For, for the most cases, you really have an opportunity to say, look, is, it there, is there any other possibility other than us being in this conflict? Can we, can I hear, I think one of the things that people that doesn't practice a lot is listening intently. You know, can you please tell me what is it that is bothering you about me? Mm-hmm. What did I say? Is there any way that I can say it? Or can you give me an opportunity to say it in a different way? I think you say, you can set the stage if you want to. You know, uh, for any conflict resolution, there is always, I think it's really hard to fight with somebody that is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Have you ever fight with, fight with somebody that is vulnerable? Can you actually really right. start, continue to hit on this person when this person is telling you, Garrett, honestly, I am confused. I don't know what happened here. What would you say? Yeah, I feel it, it's it's kind of those moments where you you get into a, an argument or discussion, and you realize twenty minutes later that you've just been talking the whole time, and you haven't taken a moment uh, to listen. And I think that uh, that's a good example of of needing more time and more people need to process, you know. And uh, it really is a two way thing, you know. I mean, if, if, if just because you're ready uh, to resolve it and and to lean in and handle it, uh, the other person could still be confused and want time to process or like you said they're not they're not comfortable talking about conflict um you know you, you say that and i was like well th- this was like the third page of a 600 page book so i would imagine uh, there might be some skills to learn to do conflict resolution well um for sure i think it starts with the willingness to um to accept that god might want you to be someone who thrives in these within the context of conflict yeah it's, it reminds me of the story of abel and king you know if you have a brother like king you gotta fly you gotta you gotta yeah. get out of that place right yeah. he's gonna kill you right yeah. but in general uh even jesus said you know somebody offend offended you come to him or her and try talking out uh, of that relationship if the, if the person doesn't agree you might need help mm-hmm. right bring somebody else in the conversation, but into the conversation, but you might not need the second person or the third person if you are willing to bring this person into a more uh, under, you know, like a, a more amicable conversation, right? And I guess I seen how people change when you tell them, "Please help me understand what went wrong here." Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, not just a skill that you're gonna use to manipulate the conversation, so you're gonna so you're gonna be able to make peace. But honestly, if you can say to them, "Look, 
I don't understand really what happened. I did that recently, like a week ago, you know, um, and, and I do that very often in my job as a consultant, you know. I have to also ask people questions and difficult questions like, you know, will you please tell me why do you say that? Recently, mm. I told a person, I cannot talk a person into not talking more, whatever this person was saying. I said, why don't you finish there? That you don't need to keep talking about that. Why? Because of this or that. And the person kind of smiled at me, meaning, yeah, that's right. Why would I keep doing, doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we can thrive when we have an attitude that is more vulnerable. Because I think we like to, we, well, yeah, we might not uh, fly, but we might want to say, what they say, is to, uh, stand our ground, right? We're going to say, I know how to deal with this. Well, I think it's even more powerful when you say, I might have an idea of this, but I might need your help. Mm -hmm. You're giving power to the other person. Right. I don't I don't see how the other person is going to hit you back if you're vulnerable. Yeah, that's great. I think it comes from an understanding. It can come from an understanding of um, kind of the abundance that you talk about, that God uh, desires even your relationships, even your most difficult and um, hurtful relationships. You know, he desires... Uh, restoration and he desires uh, for you to to thrive and for someday uh if if you could uh to experience um abundance even in those difficult relationships you know and but to know that that that, that god wants that for you um i think uh, allows us to keep going yes yeah, so i i remember i also mentioned that god created everything with a c to Right. you know, to produce and to multiply. I believe that is there is a sea in every human heart but given by God to come to uh, a better relationship with other people. Mm. And the sea is, is his spirit, right, that he put in us um, as we, when he gave us life, he breathing a spirit. You know, we are humans because we have the breathing of God in our lives. So God has put it, already put that that seed of reconciliation uh, among humans. All we have to do is, how do I water this seed so that it, is, it can grow? Have you ever have a moment in your, even your family, uh, you know, when you don't see why this thing happened, whatever that, whatever mm -hmm. that, and you don't know how to fix it mm -hmm. until you see wait a minute, we're a family, right? <laughs> I'm married to this person, right? These are my children. So you realize that beyond that misunderstanding, there is something bigger than that, mm -hmm. which is your relationship with that person, your commitment with that family. And so it's the same with any relationship. I think when you go beyond who's wrong, who's right, and you go into that we were meant to be together as friends or family or, or co-workers or whatever, uh, then you go beyond that. And, and you have the ability to see the person more than an enemy as a potential a friend or partner or acquaintance or whatever, but not necessarily as an enemy. Wow, this is so good. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, well, this turned out really, uh, really good, deep conversation. So I'm glad that uh, we met and that we're able to uh, record this podcast. Uh, thank you for being on. Thank you, Garrett. Uh, I just want to uh, encourage everyone to continue uh, to listen to the podcast. Uh, yesterday or today, uh, Google just announced an official Google podcast uh, app. Um, so uh, if you don't have an iPhone and you want to know how to get uh, our podcast kind of automatically to your phone, you can download an app. I think it's called Google Podcasts um, in your Play Store. And then we're already on uh, the Google Play Store as Placentia Presbyterian Church. 
And so you can find it and subscribe and uh, get it right on your phone every week. So uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, hope to see you on Sunday.